0: can run. Wolves can run all through the night without stopping or slowing or taking a break. We ran, Marco and I, jumping fallen logs, swerving through trees, and skirting patches of thorns. Across sunset-lit meadows and through dark stands of tall pines, we splashed happily through streams and skittered across rocks. We were running on sensation, our heads swimming with smell and sound and sight. There was nothing within a thousand yards that we didn't know about, we were plugged into the data stream of nature itself. We smelled the locking camp long before we reached it. Then we heard the sounds of machines, and we heard the murmurs of conversation. Human voices. Then we got a reminder that we were not the only hyper-alert predators in the forest. Is that you guys? A Thoughtspeak voice asked. Jake's voice. Yes, where are you? I asked. Way above you. Jake said with a laugh. I stopped running and craned my neck back like I was going to howl at the moon. Through a break in the trees, I saw a patch of sky. And way, way up in that sky, I saw three tiny black dots. Tobias and Jake floating a quarter mile up. Even in the weakening light, they had seen us from clear up in the bellies of the clouds. The place is just ahead. Lots of heavy equipment. Guards. But go take a look. Just be careful. We'd hang out, but the sun's going down, and we won't be able to see much more anyway." Tobias remarked. "'You saw us?' I said, a bit grumpily. Tobias laughed. "'Yeah, but you're a pair of great big wolves. That's not much of a challenge. Now, that flea crawling by your ear—' "'You can't see a flea,' I said. "'Heh <laughs> Tobias answered. "'Can't I?' Marco and I started moving forward again, but slower than before, more cautiously. Through the leaves we began to see light. Artificial light. We crept slowly nearer, shoulders hunched, heads low, ears aimed forward, sniffing the wind for clues. The command center building was bigger than it had looked at first. It was made of logs, like some kind of rustic ranger station. It was two stories tall, with a porch on the front. On the back and side ground levels there were no windows. None at all. There were windows on the upper level, but they were dark. Too dark for me to see into. There were blindingly bright spotlights mounted atop the building. The forest had been cut back a hundred feet or so on all sides of the building, and the bare, scarred earth all around was lit as bright as the sunniest day. A dozen or so huge pieces of equipment were parked neatly side by side. earth movers. Oddly-shaped cranes, trucks, and some monstrous thing that looked like a huge kid's toy. I guess that it was used to cut trees. My heightened wolf senses noticed several men walking around the perimeter of the clearing. They were spaced about 50 yards apart and seemed very alert. The nearest one was still walking in front of us. Marco and I crouched low behind the tree trunks and stood perfectly still. The man wore a tan uniform. The legs of his pants were tucked into high leather boots. He was carrying an automatic rifle. Okay, this does look just slightly extreme for a locking camp. That guy is no lumberjack, I said. I aimed my ears at the building, but no sound came from inside. Either there was no one in there, or they had soundproofed the place really well. Are you getting anything? Marco asked me. Not from inside the building, but I'm smelling stuff I can't recognize. Weird smells. Yeah, me too. Animal smells, but weird, you know? hork Could be, Marco said. The guards are all human, I pointed out. You know, this may have nothing to do with the Yurks. Maybe whoever these guys are, they're up to something totally different. I mean, normal humans do act strange sometimes. Not every weird person is a controller. No, but don't forget, the force field. Even if these guys were like drug dealers or something, I don't think they'd have a force field. Good point. I fell silent. I had heard a noise. Several noises. Movement. Careful, stealthy movement. I glanced at Marco. I saw that his ears were pricked up too. Yeah, I heard it, Marco said. Behind us, someone circling around. I felt the knife edge of fear. The human part of me was afraid. The wolf me was not, but I trusted the human instinct more on this. Where are the guards? I asked. Uh Uh-oh. Marco said. Blinding light. Light everywhere. Everywhere. The whole world was a brilliant white. I felt like the whole universe could see me. Blam, blam, blam! The sound of sharp, cracking explosions in the trees above us. I glanced up. Something was falling. A net! Big steel nets were exploding from the trees above us, falling toward us. There were heavy weights at the edges. Run! We bolted. The net above me fell. I was racing the falling edge. Racing, racing. Free! The net scraped my back, but I was out from under. A brilliant stab of red light shot from the dark upper windows of the log building. The beam hit the base of the tree not six inches from me. The wood was vaporized. A six inch hole was blown right through its trunk. Dracon beams! I started to run, but something felt wrong. Marco! Where was he? I turned and looked back. He was under the net! He was weighed down and crawling on his belly to get free. I ran back. The dracon beams, almost pale in the brilliant floodlit woods, fired again and again. I grabbed the edge of the net in my jaws and lifted it up. It was shockingly heavy. No wonder Marco was crawling. Get out of here! Marco yelled. Don't get killed for me! Shut up and come on! I cried. I couldn't hold the net. My jaws were aching. My neck was dragging down. Marco was barely inching forward. The dracon beams were getting more and more accurate. And now I saw what the guards had disappeared to. They were running through the woods toward us. Half a dozen men carrying automatic weapons. It was an eerie and terrifying sight as the men cast gigantic shadows up into the treetops. Then, something fast. Faster than a wolf. Faster than a human. Like a deer. Like a horse. A mouthless face, eyes on stalks, a tail like a scorpion, a creature like nothing that lived on Earth. It raced straight for us. Axe! I cried. His tail struck faster than a human eye could follow. The tail blade made sparks as it sliced through the net, leaving a long gash just in front of Marco's nose. Yikes, that was a little close, Marco said. But he surged through the hole in the net and took off. I was right behind him. Wolves are already fast, but when you get a scared wolf with a scared human mind inside it, you'd be amazed how that animal can move. We hauled our butts out of there with axe right beside us. Gunfire! Good, old-fashioned, human, very deadly gunfire. It's much louder in reality than it is in the movies, and it's much scarier to have it aimed at you than it is to see it in a movie. Basically, getting shot at is absolutely nothing like a movie. Ah! I yelled. Ah! Marco yelled. Ah! Axe agreed. Two wolves and an antelite set a new record speeding away from that place. Chapter 6 Okay, I think we've answered the question about whether that's just an ordinary logging camp. Marco said. We had reached the far edge of the forest, back close to my farm. Marco and I had demorphed. Rachel and Jake flew down and joined us. Tobias took a perch on a low branch. Axe stood nearby. His two stalk eyes moved continuously, side to side, peering into the dark woods around us. His two man eyes met my gaze. By the way, thanks, Axe, I said. Yeah, no kidding, Marco added. I was spam back there. That tailblade of yours is something. I should have spotted the nets up in the treetops. Axe berated himself. I had detected the force field and I suspected that there were Dracon beams in the upper windows, but the nets were so primitive I overlooked them. Axe, like all Andalites, has no spoken speech, probably because they have no mouths. Thought speak is his natural language. Up close, he looks like a cross between a deer or a horse, and a human and a scorpion. Sort of like a mythical centaur. His upper body is like a boy's. He has weak-looking arms and a head with two movable stalks on top, kind of like antlers. Each stalk has an eye. The eyes are constantly looking left and right and back. Andalites are very hard to sneak up on. His body is covered in blue and tan fur, very short on his humanoid torso, and a bit longer on his deer-like body. His four hooves are sharp and black. But it's the tail that grabs your attention. It's long enough that he can whip it up over his head and hit someone standing in front of him. It ends in a curved blade. None of us saw the nuts, Jake pointed out. They must have been well concealed. The point is, they were waiting for us, Marco said. This is definitely a yerk operation. I don't think they really want to go into the lumberjack business, which means the whole thing is about getting us. Agreed, Rachel said tersely. They think we're Andalites. They know we've been hurting them all around this area. They've decided we must be hiding in these woods. They're almost right, Jake pointed out. Alex and Tobias both do live in the forest, and we do use the forest. You know, we're not the only thing going on here, I said. They all looked puzzled. I took a deep breath. I mean, you know, this forest is important even if Tobias and Axe weren't here. It makes me sick to think of people chopping down all these trees. Oh, please. Not the Earth Mother thing, okay? Marco said. I almost got myself fried by a dracon beam. That wasn't to save Bambi, alright? Look, Marco, we are not the only animals around. We, of all people, ought to understand that. Cassie, who cares? We're fighting to save the world from the Yerks. Who cares about some ecology, tree-hugging, recycle-your-cans stuff? I do, I said. Well, that's you, Marco said. Personally, what I care about is the fact that a bunch of Yerks have that... that fortress back there, and they're going to use it to tear up these woods looking for us. I started to say something back when Jake held up his hand. It seems to me it doesn't matter whether we have slightly different ideas about why we care. I mean, either way, we want to stop this from going on, right? He looked at Marco, then at me. I was annoyed with Jake right then. I mean, I understand that he has to consider everyone's ideas equally, but still, it was like he was agreeing with Marco that it didn't matter if the forest was wiped out, as long as we survived. I turned to Rachel for support, but she found something to look at on the ground. Oh, great, I thought. Even Rachel thinks I'm wrong. The important thing is we have to stop them, Tobias said. And how exactly do we do that? Marco asked. That place is the Fortress of Doom. Knock it down? Blow it up? Rachel mused. Grab some of that heavy equipment they have and run it into the place? Marco suggested. We don't have the benefit of surprise. They know we're coming. They know sooner or later we're gonna go after them. The heavy equipment would be useless, Axe said. That building is surrounded by a force field. The equipment would not penetrate it. Neither would we. We would be stopped by the force field and then cut to pieces by the dracon beams. Rachel's lips pressed into a thin line. So we just give up? That's the plan? We let them go chopping through the woods so they find you, Axe? Or Tobias? Axe didn't have an answer. You know, I wouldn't want to sound like some stupid ecology nut or anything, I said sarcastically. But the question is, how did the Yurks ever get permission to start logging a national forest? Why is that even helpful? Marco asked, even more sarcastically. Because sometimes, Marco, there are more subtle ways of doing things. The Yurks don't control the entire government. Not yet, anyway. So they had to get legal permission. If they didn't have permission, they'd have cops and federal agents and TV news people all over them. They don't want that. Marco looked like he had some smart reply to make. Then he said, Ow. Jake cocked an eyebrow at his best friend. See, Margot, This is why Cassie is a nicer person than you. She could have said, They don't want that. Duh. Marco grinned despite himself. Jake winked at me, and I forgave him for acting like Marco was right before. What do you think we should do? I shrugged. I hate having to think of things that might end up getting people hurt or killed. I guess... I mean... Okay, um... Okay, look, the Yorks must have gotten to someone. They must have one of their controllers in some kind of high position. We need to find out who. And how do we do that? Tobias asked. I guess... I looked at Jake for help. I knew the answer. I just didn't want to say it. See, when we make plans, we tend to end up in terrible danger later on. We have to get inside that building, Jake said for me. I nodded. The least I could do was agree. Rachel shook her head. I don't know any animal big enough to force a way inside that place. Not big, I said. Small. Very small. Hello, Phanomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs' auditory experience. As always, this is your host and narrator, Daniel. Thank you for listening to another episode. Um, a little shorter this week. Uh, didn't super plan that out really well, and I've been kind of busy, you know, um, prepping for the holidays and all of that. Speaking of, uh, I will try my best to get something set up for next week, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, and sorry about that. Um, Holidays, you know, you know how it is. Other than that, I don't really have anything new to mention, so let's just uh, keep on plugging away. If you liked what you heard here, you can hear more by searching Audiomorphs uh, wherever you would search for podcasts or, you know, go into audiomorphs.podbean.com. If you're using iTunes, it'd be super cool if you could leave me a rating and review. I'd appreciate that. If you could tell a friend, I'd really appreciate that as well. If you'd like to get in contact with me about this podcast slash project slash audiobook, you can do that at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Okay, that is all I have. So, I will maybe see you next week, and if I don't, to my American listeners, happy Thanksgiving. To my non-American listeners, if I have any of those, uh, happy week of November the, uh... What week is next week? Let me check that calendar. Happy week of the 18th. And I'll, I'll see you either next week or the week after. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.